0: Uh, The reading this morning is from uh, the Gospel according to John, Uh, it's chapter 20, beginning at verse 19, and you can find it on page 1088. John, chapter 20, beginning at verse 19. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas so that you may believe that jesus is the messiah the son of god and that by believing you may have life in his name this is the word of the lord
1: Happy happy new year i don't know about you but as i get a little bit older more experienced in life um The new comes with mixed emotions, mixed feelings. Um, I wonder whether, perhaps like me, you're looking out at 2019 and there's some fear. I wonder how much fear you have about the future, about, I mean, the future's here, January's here, 2019's here. I wonder how much fear you have about this month, maybe even about this week or today. I'm not sure what is ahead for you in 2019, you're not sure, maybe you've got some ideas about what's ahead for you in 2019 and what's going on for you this year, but we can have a lot of fear about the future, can't we? We can have a lot of fear about the future. Uh, Some fears that come to mind are fear of failure, maybe you've been telling a friend about this new endeavour that you have in 2019. Uh, You told them all about it last year, and now 2019 is here, and you've got to do it. Uh, But maybe you're beginning to fear a sense of, what if I fail in this new endeavour? Maybe it's a new job or a new thing. Maybe it's fear of failure as a parent or as a spouse. Maybe it's fear that you'll fail in some of your New Year's resolutions. How are they going for you? I've stopped, by the way, (laughs) even making resolutions. So we have the fear of failure. Some of us have the fear of circumstances, just future circumstances, future circumstances, uh, things beyond our control that just might happen. Uh, maybe with a new year comes a new job for you, maybe a new school, uh, a new course, a new program, uh, maybe a new relationship, a new circumstance in your life, and you just fear the unknowns and fear that change. With the new year, also comes uh, the fear of—it can come—the fear of friendships and how our relationships are going. Maybe you're more alone or feel more lonely than you've ever been, and you're afraid of being alone in 2019. Maybe it's insecurity in a particular friendship. Maybe it's a fear of uh, of being hurt again in a relationship. We can have many fears about the future. And the problem with fear is that fear can paralyze us. Fear can stop us from being a part of the future that we're feeling called to or that we've dreamt of. Fear can paralyze us. And in view of this passage, maybe the question for us this morning is, has fear made you lock your doors? Has fear trapped you in a room, made you batten down the hatches and just stop? Has fear got you all locked up? Unable to embrace the future and live the life you feel like God is calling you to. Uh, in this passage, the disciples are physically locked in a room. They've gone into a room, they've locked the doors, and the Bible tells us why. You don't lock the doors on a room for no reason. For fear of the Jews, the Jewish leaders. Why are they in fear of the Jews? Well, Jesus, their leader, who they'd been with for three years, was hated, trialed, and then executed by the Jewish leaders. And so his followers are wondering, let's let's hope that doesn't happen to us. Maybe if we go and hide ourselves in a room and lock the doors, that won't happen to us. Uh, And so John is telling us that story about their fear of the Jews, but he's also telling us this story for another reason. He's telling us this story for his readers. He's writing to a particular group of people, sharing this story for a purpose. And that purpose is that the people who would be reading this for the first time are likely to be Jews themselves who have come to believe in Jesus. And as a result, the Jews around them who, have, who don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah are removing them from the community. And so they're they're experiencing for themselves John's readers are experiencing for themselves fear of the Jews because they don't know what's going to happen to them this week or this day or this hour they might be removed from the community the believing community that they're a part of everything they've ever known taken from them and so this story addresses fear and Jesus comes into the room where the disciples is. Disciples are and he says, I am sending you. And I wonder if he used the door as a prop. He pointed to the door and he said, I am sending you from this room out there. And he says, I'm sending you out because I don't want you to live in fear. I want you to be out there in the world living by faith. And what I love about this story is that Jesus comes into the room of their fear. He comes. He doesn't wait outside. Uh, He doesn't wait for them to muster their own courage and come out. Jesus appears in the room where they are. He stands with them in their moment of fear and in a conversation with them, gives them everything they need to embrace the future. To leave that room of fear and to walk by faith into their future. And so I want to look with you today at what Jesus has for them because I believe it's what he has for us for 2019. Four things Jesus has for them He has a relationship, He has a reason, He has a resource, and a responsibility. He has a relationship, a reason, a resource and a responsibility. Let's have a look at that together. Verse 21, a relationship. Jesus said, peace be with you. Jesus offers us a relationship with him in 2019. The term peace be with you, I want you to see past the formality of that line. We don't greet one another like that today, or maybe you can and that'd be fun. Uh, we say hello, and that's what Jesus was saying. He was just saying hello to his friends. But it's quite remarkable when you consider the story and where we're at in the story of his relationship with his friends. The last time Jesus was with them all together, they deserted him in the garden. At the hour of his greatest need, they fled. And then his closest friend, Peter, who had promised that he would never deny Jesus, denied him three times. He goes, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. And then Jesus turns up. You can imagine the shame and guilt they felt from having abandoned their friend. And yet Jesus turns up and he holds out an olive branch He's forgiving them. He's not holding their failures against them. He's reconciling, restoring the relationship. And John, by including this story, is showing us what is most important to Jesus. They are. Their relationship with him is what's most important to him. And the same is true for me and you, even this morning. I'm not sure how you feel about your relationship with Jesus at the moment. Maybe you're feeling ashamed by how you've treated him. Maybe you're feeling unworthy to have a relationship with God. Maybe you're feeling just a little bit distant. You got a Christmas card from Jesus, or maybe you saw his face on it, an artistic impression of his face, but you haven't been that close in 2018. Maybe you thought you'd locked him out of your life. The good news is Jesus comes to you and he reconciles the relationship. I think the answer often to our fears of our friendship with Jesus is not to think about what we're like as a Christian, but to think about what Jesus is like as a friend. And he's a really good friend. These are not special men. They are failures of friends. And yet Jesus offers them relationships. So Jesus offers you a relationship in 2018, no matter where you are, how you're feeling about your relationship with him. Secondly, he offers us a reason, a reason to live, a purpose. Verse 21, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Last week I mentioned, I love being a part of something bigger than myself. As a little kid, it was about being a part of a soccer team, wearing that jersey, running out on the field in the rain, and just being a part of what was happening as when I was a bit older, it was about being a band member. You know, remember I was trying to be a cool rock star as a kid? And it never turned out, you know that. And, um, And then as I got older, I even just loved being a colleague at work. I just loved being a part of a team, something bigger than myself. And the truth is, we all find our meaning and our purpose by finding a particular part to play in a particular story. And for you, it might be a mother, it might be a father, it might be a husband, it might be a friend, it might be a grandmother, it might be a lawyer, a doctor, it might be a finance guy, or a chairperson, or a creative person. These are all great things to do and to be a part of. But Jesus says there's a story behind those things, a really big story to be a part of, that give all of those things their real meaning and their purpose. In verse 21, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. What's Jesus doing there? He's inviting the disciples. In fact, he's drawing the disciples into the story of the Father and the Son. If you are a Christian in this building today, you are a part of God's plan for the world. You are a part of the cause. You might be a part of many great causes, but you are a part of the cause. You might have many great purposes in life, but you are a part of the purpose. You're a part of the God's purpose for His entire world, the kingdom coming, the new heavens and the new earth. In Genesis, uh, in, in the Bible, there's two great commissions. The first one's in Genesis, uh, where God says to the man and woman, He says, Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over it, take care of it. And then here we have the second great commission where Jesus says, I'm sending you. But they're, they're one and the same thing, they are joined together. God is making the world what He intended. And when Jesus says, I am sending you, He is saying, It's beginning. It's begun, and you're a part of it. Jesus didn't turn up to planet Earth, do a job, leave here, and leave us waiting until he comes back again with nothing to do. Rather, he came here, he did his work, and then he passed his work on to us. We're his succession plan. He employed us to continue the work that he began in the world. There's a reason to live. There's a reason to walk confidently into 2019. All the things that you do ultimately belong to that mission and that purpose. Uh, I love this this quote uh, by the New Testament scholar N.T. Wright. He says this, he says, When God saves people in this life, such people, me and you, are designed to be a sign and foretaste of what God wants to do for the entire cosmos. But what's more, such people are not just to be a sign and foretaste of that ultimate salvation, they are to be a part of the means by which God makes this happen in both the present and the future. You and I are part of God's mission in the world. We're employed. God has put us here right now to continue his work in the world. I told this story about a year ago, so I'm expecting you've forgotten it. Um, But it it relates. About a year and a half ago, Naomi and I got to go to the UK and we were in London and I got to visit the Churchill War Rooms, these bunkers underground, under London, where he controlled the armed forces during World War II. And uh, in one of the rooms there's this seemingly very ordinary book behind this beautiful glass cabinet with all the lights and things. And I thought, that's strange. It's just a book with a list of and list of things in it. And when I got up to it, I realised it was the to-do list of the personal secretary for for Churchill um, during that time. And the page that it was turned to was D-Day. And there was her to-do list for D-Day. And it just struck me that Everything she had done on that day and all the days before contributed to that victory, to the beginning of that victory, to that day, to the completion of that plan. And that's why it was behind a glass cabinet with lights on it, with a label next to it. And I thought, most of my to-do lists end up in the bin. (laughs) Uh, But what if I could see the bigger picture behind my everyday and all the little things I've got to do? What if everything I was doing in my life, whether it's shopping, eating, doing stuff around the home, what if everything I was doing was contributing towards God's plan for the world? Maybe then, even in the most menial tasks, I'd find meaning and value and purpose. So Jesus gives them a reason. He says... As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. That's a reason to leave your fear behind in 2019 and to live a life of faith. Thirdly, he gives us a resource. Jesus gives us a resource. Jesus has resource for you to live out this mission in 2019. In verse 22, he says, and and it says, and with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. In John's gospel, Jesus had promised a helper. He'd promised somebody to be with them, to dwell inside of them forever and to guide them in the way of truth, to be a helper. And here we have the climax of that promise. Jesus breathes on them, receive the Holy Spirit. It might be strange to you um, that John uses the word breathes. I kind of hope Jesus had really good oral hygiene. Uh, I can't comment on that, but I wish I could. John uses this language and Jesus did what he did precisely because he wanted to link back to the beginning where God created humanity. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, the Bible says, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being because God breathed on him. What's the link? The gift of the Spirit is there to make us fully the human beings we were supposed to be, precisely so that we can fulfill the mandate at last. The gift of the Spirit makes us, who God fully intended us to be as human beings. And as this, it's like we get a new life. You've heard that term before. We get a new life. We become the new humanity that that is able, through Christ, to bring about God's purposes in the world. So we have a resource. We have the Holy Spirit who transforms us and changes us so that we can be who God intended for us to be and bring about his purposes in the world. And that is indeed our responsibility. Number four, our responsibility. The fourth thing Jesus has for you for 2019 is a responsibility, a great responsibility. Verse 23, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they are not forgiven. In line with what the rest of the Bible says about the forgiveness of sins, uh, I'm not sure this is saying that a particular individual has the power to forgive any sin against God. God alone forgives sin. But, and most commentators agree, the way in which we forgive sins is by proclaiming the gospel, telling people the good news and telling them about the effects of belief, what happens when you believe? You are forgiven. You can live a life with God. In other words, the church has the message of forgiveness. We have the message of hope for our world. We have that responsibility. You and I, in 2019, and we are not to keep it a secret. We are to show and share the good news. Tell everybody that through Jesus people can be reconciled to God, that the world will find its ultimate hope. I don't know about you, but um, often as a Christian and as a part of the the church, I feel like I can feel feel very insignificant. I don't know whether you've felt like that. The church, how much impact is our church having in the world? Have you ever asked yourself that? (laughs) I mean, here we are, a hundred people out of, you know, who knows how many, just even in Willoughby. It seems small and insignificant. And I imagine that's exactly how the disciples were feeling, as, as their leader had just died and seemingly disappeared. And they're in that room going, did we miss something? Is there something bigger to be a part of? And I imagine that's what John's original readers were thinking when they're being kicked out of their local church, the synagogue, for believing in Christ. They're thinking, maybe I'm in the wrong boat. But by by Jesus giving them this responsibility, as he does here, he's putting the church at the center of what God's up to in the world. And he's saying, no, you're it. The church is it. The responsibility of sharing this news is, is with you. And so we have a great responsibility in 2019. The responsibility of this community is to bring hope and life and the message of forgiveness, of healing and of hope to Willoughby and to the nations. You might have many fears of failure in 2019. You might have many fears of what's coming. You might be fearing loneliness. You might be fearing the worst. But faith in Jesus, trust in Him, trust that He has a relationship for you that is like no other. Trust that He has a reason for you to live. Trust that He's given you the resource, the Holy Spirit inside of you to be who you need to be. And trust that he has given you a great responsibility, sets us free from fear and opens the door to the future, opens the door to a future of faith. Why don't I pray that we would have that this year together. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are so gracious to us that in the moment of our fears, you stand with us in that space. Thank you that you give us a relationship, a reason, a resource, a responsibility. Help us to believe in that, to trust in that. Help us to live out of that and to walk out that door. Help us to believe so that we might not stand still in fear, but walk in faith sent by you in 2019. Amen.